Welcome to Here's What I've Seen, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined today by Cynthia Culver and Cynthia Only. Oh my gosh. It's just you today. It is just, we're not fighting over the airwaves. We're not. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> you and I are going to be able to say something of value. That's right. We don't have to, you know, like jockey for position. I know. So Jeff is not here today. We're trying to come up with a good story. And you know, with the pandemic, any you know, people just don't show up anymore. Now it's all, well, I just assume he's got COVID. He doesn't have COVID. No, he doesn't have COVID. So, but I guess part of the story is, I thought my son had COVID, and so we canceled our recording session. Yes. Then we found out that he didn't, and so we put it back on, but he had scheduled something. Anyway, he's not here. He's not here, and we're sad about it. Yeah. But again, now we don't have to fight. This is going to be the best episode ever. We're so So, excited. Anyway, okay, can I start with a little story uh, to set up our time? So last night, I've mentioned before on the podcast, I've got two boys. i got a sixth grader, fourth grader. The fourth grader... All the parents out there will recognize this struggle. The fourth grader does not like to brush his teeth for two minutes. No. Right? Doesn't no. want to do that. And it is a struggle. I mean, I feel like we have this conversation every single night. We have tried strategies. We've tried getting him the watch with the countdown timer. That doesn't work. I finally have bought the Quip toothbrush because I use that, by the way. We're not sponsored by Quip, but maybe we will be after this because it's a phenomenal <laughs> toothbrush and that they send you the, the brush heads in the mail. Amazing. So they have kids' When it's version. time to change. Yeah. I don't the even color, You don't have to look at the color and see if the color's gone down. No, okay, good. I just, it shows up and I go, it's time to change a battery, a toothbrush head. It's fantastic. Go to Quip.com. And again... <laughs> Quip, if you if you want some uh, some advertising, there you go. Let's talk. We anyway, don't have sponsors. <laughs> no. So, but I bought him a Quip uh, one because it. I, I figured this takes the guesswork out of all of it. That's I have right. Ne- it has never been easier to brush your teeth for two minutes than it is now with these with technology. And he still won't do it for two minutes. And so literally, Jackie and I, we bring him in and we're like, Joshua, we have this conversation with you every night. Are you not tired of this conversation? Because I'm tired of this conversation. Why are we having this conversation? Why can you not brush your teeth for two minutes? And he literally just said, Dad, I get so bored. Uh, two minutes is so long, I get so bored. And, and, and that is the truth. It really is. And I empathized with him and I just said, you know what? You're right. Two minutes is an eternity. It is an eternity. And for for an adult, yes, no less a nine year old. For any, and so, and then I start thinking about my own tooth brushing habits, which I don't think about very often. Again, because again, Quip it takes care of all of it for me. And so, I look at my phone when I brush my teeth. Do you do that? Um, I think you know what I do. I walk around the house and I like do little chores. I pick up. I I find little things to do around the house. Yes. So we're all multitasking. Yes. Right. So yes. I, you're doing productive things, picking up around the house. <laughs> I'm trying to see if uh, you know James Harden how many he scored now with the Nets again or something like that. So I'm I'm looking at something mindless. But the bottom line is I can empathize with my son. Boredom is a huge it deal. Is. And so it reminded me of this study that was done by Microsoft a few years ago back in 2000. 2015, which again feels like so long ago, but I think it's still relevant and it really does set up where I want us to go today with our time. And so Microsoft did this study. They were trying to study what is the attention span of the average adult. Okay. And so they had their various ways that they were looking at this. And what they concluded in 2015 is that the attention span of the average adult was eight seconds. That's crazy. Yeah. And what's even crazier is that is just like a nanosecond less than that of a goldfish. Right, which is a whole nother question that's on how, whole, they studied, how they podcast, studied that and okay, why yes. and why they studied that. But anyway, so uh, you wow, know, regardless, that's it's amazing. Eight seconds, and I think Josh's little story last night with how hard it is for two minutes to brush your teeth, and uh, I think about nowadays. I mean, praise God for my phone. I will jokingly say that the last day I was bored was the day before I got my first iPhone. It's so true. Yeah. 
You're right. Because, I mean, you're sitting at a light and you reach over and you pick up your phone because I can't stand to not... And I think I think that says a lot about how our brains operate. Our brains need something to focus on. Yes. Yeah. And it's getting to the point now where the culture just doesn't tolerate boredom. It, That's right. Is really what it's getting That's down right. to. And so, you know, regardless if uh, Microsoft is right, is it eight seconds? You can go out to Google and look at attention span studies. And everything is from, you know, any, anywhere from eight seconds up to eight or nine minutes. And so it all just depends on different ways that they're looking at it. But I think one thing everybody would agree with is this, is that attention spans are getting shorter, not longer. Mm-hmm. And where this impacts us as leaders is I think this is having a a significant influence on leading teams and leadership. One of our number one things that we battle now as leaders is we're battling against boredom. We've got teams that easily get bored. And how do we now uh, battle this? Because I think this is probably, or or I would make the, uh, I'd make the argument that this is definitely a, a contributing factor to the crazy employee engagement st- statistics that we see out there. Mm-hmm. Have you, I mean, you've looked at those studies, right? Well, I was just thinking about be, having teams that are bored is because we have individuals that are bored. That's right. And this is a whole nother, a whole nother direction, but I'm just like, that's why it's so crucial for people to understand their purpose. Like, where am I trying to go? Because when you know that, you've got a focus. And so when you don't have a focus, you're bored. Yep or you're busy, or you're doing something that that maybe doesn't even matter. And so, yeah, I think it's huge. It's huge. Huge. And so, I mean, leadership is already hard to try to uh, deal with people and get them moving in the right direction and all the different aspects of leadership that involve communication and emotions and conflict and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, the game has changed a little bit. And now with, uh, with the pandemic and so much virtual meetings, so many virtual meetings now and teams not getting together, and people in front of screens that are blinking and beeping and uh, constantly pulling your attention away. This is a significant challenge for leaders, and I think is is part of the uh, employee engagement stuff that we have out there. So here's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about how to not be a boring leader. Because, I love it. Because yes. I think leaders have some blood on their hands, right. right? I think there's some ways we can get better and help engage our teams if we can study this and think about this for a little bit. Well, and I was just going to add one thing, too, is I think... One of the the fruits, if that's the right, right phrase, one of the fruits of boredom is that we're incredibly distracted. Yes. We find ways to distract our boredom. Yep. And so we're not as engaged with what we're doing at work or at home because we're distracted by so many different things, you know, whether it's social media or all of the hobbies that we're taking up or whatever, yep. that there's that we're finding ways. I got to keep my, my mind. And so we find distractions and distractions aren't necessarily the right thing, because really we're made for connection. We're made for relationship. We're made for purpose, but distraction takes you away from all those things. Absolutely. So anyway, I yeah, just was thinking about this, that. Uh, it becomes this dopamine hit for your brain. And That's we right. don't even really know what's going on. And so it's like, oh, well, I'll just go out to Twitter or TikTok or out to Facebook or even LinkedIn just for a second, just right. for a second. Yeah. And then we get these these dopamine hits and, and sooner or later we kind of become addicted to that or we really like it. And then you compare it to the real work that you have to do. And, and it just like, feels... Wah, wah, yeah, it just wah. feels less engaging. And so I think as leaders, we've got to figure this out. I think leaders can do something. I don't think we're victims yes. in no, this battle. I yep. And I think there are some things that we can do. So uh, so we've got five things here that we want to go through to help you not be a boring leader, not to make this worse, because uh, I think I think leaders have 
some uh, they are responsible for some of these employee engagement things that are going on out there, and that right. that some of the reason that your team might be bored might be because of you. Right. And right. we want to be able to help people with this. So I've got this list of the five aspects of boredom, and funny enough, here's where I came up with this list a few years ago is because in my past life I was on staff at a church. I was a pastor. And I think pastors are experts in boredom, <laughs> okay? And, and think about it, though, because as an institution, a church is, is you know, especially here in America, is, is a volunteer institution. Yes. You volunteer, you show up, uh, you show up because you want to. Now, if you're a teenager or a kid, you know, sometimes your parents are dragging you there, but you're showing up and, uh, and, and somebody stands up maybe on a Sunday or a Saturday night and they want to share a message you have to volunteer to listen to them and pay attention to them. And so I think there were some, as I was thinking about this as a pastor, I was like, why do people get so bored in church? What is it that causes boredom? And I just started to, over the years, create a list. That is so great, because it's true. It's true. And by the way, you're not boring. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> you're so, funny. Um, so here, here are the five aspects. I'm going to go over them real quick, and then we're going to talk about how this impacts awesome. uh, leadership. And so the five aspects of boredom, here are the causes. Irrelevance complexity, aimlessness, apathy, and predictability. So I, I think that's a good list. I like I it. I like our start. Most of the other start. things have, have fit under there. So let's just go through these one by one. So I think the number one, or at least the f- first one I wrote down, uh, cause of boredom is irrelevance, which is just this, anything not closely connected to your life is considered to be irrelevant, yes. right? So you and I, every day, we're just looking around to go, what's going to help me, <laughs> right? What's going to help me survive and thrive? Yes. And those things that help you are relevant and they're engaging to you. Yes. And that and that is, studies show that's how our brain works. Our brain is only looking for the things that cause us to survive and thrive. Yep. Or that are a threat to that. Yep. So yeah, so it's like, so then how does that work as a leader? Okay, so what does that mean? What do I do with that right. as a leader? Yeah, so that means your, your team is showing up every day. They're logging on every day. Uh, whatever it is, and their brains are hardwired to just go, hey, I just need stuff that's that's relevant to my life to keep me engaged. And I, I hate to admit this, that for most leaders, you remember that old book title, uh, She's Just Not Into You, or He's Just Not Into He's You? Ju- he, hang on. I actually know exactly what uh, it is. I- <laughs> He's Just Not That Into You. Yes. yes. Book, movie, check. All of it. Okay. Yes. I think that's a good mantra for leaders, right? To just understand our teams are just not that into us. So it's it's not because we have a title that they would want to follow us or be be engaged by us. I think what we need to understand is, no, it's our job to engage them. Yes. And so I think the battle tactic towards irrelevance right now for the leader is selflessness. Right. Selflessness. And uh, simply, if I could just drill that down even, even uh, you know, deeper, just people crave attention. And just if you can give your team attention, let them be the focus of your attention just for a small period of time, I think what what people are going to realize or what you'll see is, okay, my team is more engaged right now. And so that could look like a weekly touch-based meeting that could be talking to them about more than just work. But the more you pay attention to your team, the more relevant you become to them. And I think that's one way to keep people engaged. Well, and um, that brought up the thought for me of Dale Carnegie, you know, and and everyone loves to hear their own name. And it's the same concept. And it is. And and here's where I think people, leaders struggle. There's a sense in the corporate world, I can't cross that boundary and ask about this. There's a fear. Well, gosh, if I open that Pandora's box, are are they going to be sitting here? Is this going to be a counseling session? So there's so many fears around, what if I engage? What if I step too far? You know, there's a there's a human resources. Am I am I crossing a boundary, or and, and do 
I do I want to have that relationship? And so I think there's a lot of confusion and um, just conflict internally around leaders saying doing what you're talking about doing, which is connecting with yep. people yeah. and and making it. Hey, how is your life going? Yes. Absolutely. And I can understand that and and appreciate the 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 tension that's there for a lot of leaders. So here's a really safe subject for a lot of leaders. And and one question that you could ask that would battle this irrelevance tendency to cause boredom. Just ask somebody on your team, what's hard about your job right now? Right? That just so you're talking about their life, their job, their to-do list, what they've got going on. And so you're just trying to pay attention to them. What's hard right now? What do you wish I would know? that I don't know about your job right now? What What is really difficult? What uh, here's a, Here would be another question. What are you really excited about that you just accomplished over the last 30 days, right? That so it's just great. trying to shift yes. the conversation to... To be about them. Be about them. Yeah. The more you're about them, that. the more relevant you're going to be to them and the more engaged they will be. So that'd be tactic number one That's would be awesome. to battle irrelevance uh, with selflessness and just trying to get the conversation focused on them. So complexity is this. This is the second aspect of boredom or cause of boredom would be complexity. So making somebody's brain work too hard to understand and follow you is boring. So as you were talking about, you know, the brain is hardwired for survive and thrive. And the brain's favorite button is that old, was it Staples or Office Max that had the easy button? Uh, I forget. Yeah. So we're not going <laughs> to be sponsored by them. Quip is going to sponsor us, but but Staples or Office Max is not going to do I that. I do Somebody, like Office Max. I, I do, do like yeah. It. So we'll just say it was Office Max. But that, that old commercial about the easy button, right? The brain, the brain likes the easy button too. Yes. It is looking for the path of least resistance. Which is why uh, you struggled to pay attention in economics class when you were in college, (laughs) which is why when you were in Western Civ class, that was really hard because maybe you had a professor who was not clear. They made things too complex. Well, and it's funny. It's the example, and I've heard this, and I just used it yesterday, but it's why when you start to think about buying a car and you kind of start to know what car you want, you see them everywhere. Yes. Why? Because there are millions of cars on the road, and you're driving, and your brain can't take in all the stimulus, so it has to weed it out. So it's looking. It sees what you're looking for. Yes. That's and exactly so, right. Yeah, and so your brain does it weeds all those things out yeah. and and complexity as soon as you as soon as things become complex your brain is like, "Oh, I can't I can't go there." Yeah. I, I think only 2, 3 and 4 year olds are the only ones when they're confused that ask follow-up questions and are like, "Hold on, I want to figure this out." So what do you mean by that, dad? I mean, most people yeah. and, and or maybe I'm just speaking for myself, if somebody explains something to me and it's really complex, I don't sit there and go, <laughs> "Hold on, let me do some extra work here." Right? Like that doesn't engage me. I don't want to do that. I'm looking for that easy button. So I think as a leader, what we can do, sometimes we've just got to admit that we could get better at communication and we are the cause of boredom because when we communicate, we're too complex and we make their brain work too hard. So we can serve our teams and engage them with clarity, with clarity. And so just just simply working on your communication skills can be a great way to not be a boring leader. Right. And I I love that. And I think even how can we get more specific for us and for the listener? Specifically, you said clarity. Like, okay, so how do I work on my communication skills? I need to be clear. I have to be clear on, A, what do I want for my team? What do I want for myself? Where are we trying to go? And so, so what do they need to establish clarity around? I think all of those things that you just said are exactly where, uh, where it's needed. But also, I would just say this. I think just in daily interaction that you're having with somebody, just, just even taking it down to this, commu- this conversation we're having right now, 
is there mutual understanding, right? That's, that's the goal of communication, mutual understanding. So, which means if you want to be a good communicator, you are taking responsibility to make sure not only that you understand what the other person is saying, but that you are understood when you're communicating. Right. And so I would, you know, two little simple tactics are just uh, this habit of summarizing. So if somebody's communicating to me, then I can just summarize going, okay, so what I hear you saying right now is, and then just summarize back. That's a, that's a communication habit that drives for clarity. On the flip side, and especially the, the higher you, you get up in your organization or the longer your career progresses, I think you need to focus more on being understood. And so you can ask summarizing questions and, and you don't have to put people on the spot and go, okay, so what did I just say? Right. Cause that's going to, it doesn't, that doesn't feel great. I no. think I did that to someone the other day. Yeah. And it just, it's like, oh gosh, did they it's see? A, it's a test. Am I going to fail? Yeah. I mean, I had to say, you're not going to fail. I'm sorry. This is not a test. Yeah. And so an easier way to do that, that softens that is just uh, throw yourself under the bus. I know I'm not always as clear as I want to be. Would you just repeat that. back to me? What, what did, what did you hear me say? Or even asking the question, cause I think we'll do this a lot of time. It's almost like a verbal tick of just going, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Which again is a yes or no question that could put people on their heels. So another thing you could say there is what about, uh, whatever I just said, what about that was confusing, right? So you're you're kind of, you're giving them an opportunity to pick on you and what you just said. Right. So those are just two little simple ways to get better. I love that. I think that's good because you're right. People need the opportunity to come back with what they've heard, but but putting them on the spot is not always the best way or the most effective way to get them to, because I find that people have to have a moment to think about it. Yeah. Like a lot of times I'll ask people, uh, so what was your takeaway from today? Yeah. Great and, question. And and sometimes they feel like it's a test. And I, I will say a lot of times I'm like, hey, this is not for me. I just want to, I want you to be able to reflect back and see what stuck out to you. Yeah. You know, and so so the takeaways can be another Perfect. way to do that. So I mean, you're a clear communicator. I've known you uh, almost 15 years. You know, you and I and my wife and I, we've all been friends for a long time. And so I would say this is one of your strengths is clear communication. So what have you done in your own career to get better at this? Because I, I do find this, there's not a lot of training out there for professionals on this. So how, how did you pick it up? Gosh, oh my gosh, I sh- that you should let me know you're going to ask me that ahead of time. <laughs> um, I, I think probably, well, okay, number one, practice. There you go. You know, practicing and and when you're you're practicing and you're you know writing out things to try to communicate. Yep. Well, I guess you know I listen to a lot of books and a lot of podcasts and a lot of people around those things and and trying to understand that there are certain principles that work, That's which good. are simplicity, yep. simplicity and the rule of threes mm. and the rule of less is more. Yep. And and you're you're more clear when you say less, but saying less takes more work. Uh, say that again. That's awesome. Uh, you're more clear when you say less, and saying less takes more work. Gosh, that's good. Because I can be wordy because <laughs> I'm just talking out loud and you know trying yeah. to figure it all out. But to really say something clearly, you have to work at whittling down that message to a point that's like, oh, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. And you know, even when you're, when you're teaching things, you know, trying to use the alliterations or the one word or the words that start with Ps, you, know, you have to narrow, you have to learn to synthesize information and go, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. What's one word that describes this bucket? And so it forces your brain to narrow it down to one word or one principle. And so then I think that helps people go, oh, okay, you know, you, complexity. You, you just did this in, your, in, in kind of some of the things you came up with. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And so I, mean, it, it, I think the takeaway there is uh, it takes some work, takes some intentionality. Yes. 
and listening to other good communicators, readers, uh, or, or a really good writer is so helpful, yeah. you know, just again, to see some habits and things like that. So, okay. So irrelevance, you battle that with selflessness, complexity, you battle that with clarity. I think this third uh, cause of board, boredom that leaders can do something about is aimlessness. And this, this is just the idea, whenever you don't know where you're going, or if you feel like you're stuck, you, you get bored. And we see this if you're stuck in traffic, if you're in an airplane stuck on a tarmac. What I started to notice was after the first few months of the pandemic, some of our friends no longer feared the virus. They feared the quarantine. (laughs) Yes. You know, because it was boring. Boring. What am I going to do? And it was like the worst thing you could do to me would be to lock me in my house. Absolutely. And so this this idea of aimlessness, I don't know where I'm going. I'm kind of spinning my wheels. That leads to boredom. And so I think as leaders, we need to understand that people hate feeling like they're stuck or their wheels are spinning. And so as leaders, I think it is part of our job to engage people by giving them a map. Yes. That's what I love about oh, GPS love and all of that. It just helps you see where you are, where you're going. And very, very specifically, I think all uh, employees and team members, there's three things that they want to know where they are and where they're going. I think it's around their skills. Do I have the right skills that I need that are going to help get me where I where I'm going? Uh, what what is the normal career progression in this industry? Right, it's one of the, when I started in public accounting, I loved it because it was so clear. You had staff and senior and manager and senior manager and partner. Of course, you they did. Were so clear, <laughs> right? Yes, the CPA and me loved it. Of course, the CPA, not you, but like the I CPA understand. field. Of course, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we had it. It was, but it was just so helpful. You knew where you were, and there was never any question about where you were on the map. So I think skills, career progress, and progression. And then here's another one, and this may cause a little controversy, but I, I really encourage leaders to think about this: money. What do people, what, what is a reasonable expectation of salary as somebody is progressing in their career? Because I think there's a lot of disappointment out there because people assume those that are two levels ahead of them are making X number of dollars and then they get there and they're like, what? Right. This is it? And right. so I think some expectations around that really help people feel like they're moving somewhere yes. and as a way to engage your people. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's so interesting you're saying all this because um, I've just been going through that with a number of people setting their goals for the year, giving them, hey, what's your purpose? And helping them to move toward that. And I have seen literally people go from kind of um, I, I bored would be kind of, I'm bored and, and, and I'm not sure and I'm feeling kind of aimless to giving them that path yes. and to see them light up. And, and it's crazy the difference that having a purpose and knowing where you're going, it, 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 it motivates people. It, it, and that's, that's the thing. Yes. It's the motivation. Because here's the thing, you know, motivation has to come from within. Yes. It has to come from inside. And so as a leader, you've got to figure out, how do I motivate my people? Well, you've just given literally three easy things. Yes. Like, hey, what is my career path? How can I grow in my skills? Where do I need to grow in my skills? And then, of course, money, which yeah. I love. That it's it, it it's that it's motivation. I love I love what you're uh, the dots you're connecting there because that is really well said, and that's exactly what it is. And a motivated employee is engaged, yes. and they're not bored. And you don't have to. And that's I was thinking about the other day, like being a self starter. Yeah. You know, to be to own your own business, you have to be self motivated. Yes. You've got to find ways to get up out of the bed and have something to go to. And so that motivation is crucial. And so as a leader, you know, if if you want a team that is self-motivated, 
you got to play a part in that. That's exa- oh, that's so good. You've got to you've got to uh, live in that future for them yes. and tell them about it yes. because you yeah you have the self motivation because it's in your mind. You know, hey, we may be going over here. You see the map, they don't. That's right. And so you got to be able to give them that map. Well, and I was going to add one thing to that. One of the things that we say in coaching is one of the things that you have to do for people is to hold up out there what you see for them mm. that they can't see for themselves. Okay. You have to paint that. You have yeah. to not create their vision for them, but you have to hold it up and go, I see that you can be there. You can do this. So good. And and it helps because people can't always see it for themselves. Yeah. You know, they're stuck. They're in the weeds. They're they only see what's in front of them. And as a leader, your job is to hold that up for them. Yep. So that's really good. Yeah. What I just got the picture of there is you're on the road trip and you hit traffic and you bring up the app and you see, oh, it's just two miles. Yes. Right. That's and it right. reminds you, we're going to get through this yeah. here soon. And, and so that's, yes, that's what that is. So, okay. So, irrelevance, complexity, aimlessness, those are three causes of boredom. Let's go through these last two here real quick. And so, the, uh, the fourth one would be apathy. So, lacking emotion or showing that you don't care. Uh, and I think I love this line that that as a leader, one of your most important or valuable activities is just bringing energy, mm-hmm. you know, just bringing right. energy to uh, the task that you're working on, the project that you're working on, your company, your organization. So you've got to bring the energy and show that you care if you are just Eeyore out there. I mean, that is, that is just boring. If you're the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, the Bueller, Bueller talking about trickle down economics and all that kind of stuff. That is lacking emotion, and that is not very engaging. If you've ever noticed movies, they're usually uh, titled or or, uh, the categories are usually based on the emotion that you're going to feel. That's interesting. Right? Because Hollywood knows emotions are engaging. So this one is suspense. This one is comedy. This one is terror, you're, right? You're right. So I think about what I want to feel, and that's how I determine what movie I want to watch. Can you imagine how engaging <gasps> that is? Yes. You're just, you get to pick your emotion. I just learned something really important today. <laughs> there you go. So that's it. And so as leaders, we're just showing up, and uh, we're just going, we're just, we're just showing no energy. And so just bring some energy that is engaging and that is helpful. And so here, here's the thing to do to make sure that you bring energy is you have to take care of yourself. Oh my gosh. You, you just have to. You do. Well, and and I think about that and I'm like, yeah, everybody needs to know what are those things that are important for me that get me going and get me excited about life and about my day. And if I don't carve that out and if I let other things crowd it out, I'm not going to be living and having the day and the life that I want to have and be to the people around me what they need me to be. Exactly. Yeah. It, that's huge. really well said. It's huge. You got to take care of yourself. It, it's worth another episode. You it know, really is. I mean, there's it, so much there. We, there's so much there and, and it's the thing that people don't do. I mean, I'm not saying people don't exercise because we have a culture that does that now, but but it's not just exercise. It's it's meditation, it's prayer, it's all these things that feed your soul and and get you to the place that that you're able to to figure out where am I trying to go and, and I'm excited about my life and I feel peace and joy and all yep. those things. Yeah. Anyway, and so, you're right. To be clear, we're not saying that you have to become uh, a cheerleader uh, no. or be oh, gosh, over exuberant. No. Uh, the energy needs to be sincere, or that would be the preference to be sincere. And for it to be sincere, then you've got to come from a place of health. That's right. Yourself, <clears throat> and that will help you battle this apathy that can be so easy for leaders. Okay, so then the the fifth one is this. So we've gone through irrelevance, complexity, aimlessness, apathy. And then uh, the last cause of boredom is just predictability. Yeah. No surprises, uh, no intrigue, then that is not engaging. So again, let's look at Hollywood. 
every movie starts off the same way. There is some, in the first five or 10 minutes of the movie, there is a problem that is given to the audience and we make a decision. I want to know how this is going to get solved. Yes. And we say, and that's when we decide to pay attention, right? That's right. We give our attention to the rest of that film so that we can see how is, how it gonna is this going to resolve? Where is this going to go? Um, listening to, I just listened to Steve Martin's uh, memoir, Born Standing Up, and he talked about his show and how irreverent and different it was back in the 70s, but it was so filled with content and surprise that people didn't know where it was going to go or where it was going. And so even though maybe they didn't understand, maybe he was a little <laughs> complex, right? he was unpredictable. And you still want to watch, all right, where's this going to go next? Right? What, what's he going to do next? And that was a, was engaging. And so I think as leaders, we've just got to admit we can get stuck in ruts. It happens to all of us. We can be uh, full of no surprises, no intrigue. And so one simple way to battle this cause of boredom would be don't be afraid to use the F word. Mm. <laughs> And I mean fun, <laughs> Cynthia. That's what I mean. I, I don't know what I, you just thought of. I know you meant fun. <laughs> I know you meant fun. Yeah, which is, again, such a weird word to talk about in corporate America, but I, I think it's an aspect of engagement, right? That's and, right. And again, you don't have to compete with Disney Plus and Disney World and all those kind of places. It's not like try to have Six Flags am- amusement park fun, but it's okay to laugh a little bit with your team. It's okay to show some appropriate YouTube videos or to talk about, you know, a guest that Jimmy Fallon had on the night before right. or a skit from Saturday Night Live or something funny that your kids did. It's okay to plan some, you know, hearing what people were doing with planning virtual happy hours and things like that. They're just trying to be a little unpredictable right. and engage people and have some fun. I love I love that because you're right. It, even the I also uh, formerly worked at a church, and and that's one of the things I thought that they did a really good job yes. of is making things fun. And and sometimes it was forced fun, and sometimes I kind of rah, 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 I need to do my job, you know, or whatever. But but the reality is, is I always was like, yeah, that was fun. And I and and it was exciting and it brought some surprise and some unpredictability. So, so one uh, one accounting department that I used to work in, the company will, will remain nameless. We had the accounting Olympics. <laughs> what? And uh, it was about as riveting as it sounds. But um, it listen, the leader was trying, right? And so kudos to them for trying. Kudos. I'm just so interested and intrigued with what. I mean, it was like uh, ball up sheets of paper and throw it in the waste paper basket okay. and uh, see how fast you can count yeah, these nickels get the, exactly <laughs> <laughs> now you're now you're being offensive I'm, I'm no i'm sorry. kidding so uh little things like that so maybe that's an example of what not to do right, right? so okay. an accounting leader out there don't do the accounting olympics but try try something and what i'll say here is is there maybe somebody that's just going listen adam you don't know me i am not fun right, right? like nobody would describe me as fun that's okay you don't have to be responsible to bring the fun you're responsible to hopefully maybe empower somebody. My guess is this. There's somebody on your team that knows what would be fun. Yes. And so just empower them. Just go, hey, will you come up with something fun for us to do next month? And just to make it a little unpredictable. And uh, and that's it. So again, exhaustive topic, but I think it's really important. So these attention spans are shorting or shortening. Uh, this is impacting leadership. And these causes, I think if we're going to try to be engaging leaders, then we got to understand what causes boredom. It's irrelevance being too complex, people not knowing where they're going with aimlessness, apathy, if we're not showing any emotion or energy and predictability, 
all those things cause boredom. And there's things that we can do as leaders to combat all of those. It's great. It's great. I'm excited because I, I think, I mean, these things are, they're super relevant. Speaking yep. of irrelevance, they're super relevant to where we are today yeah. and to leaders. So I think that's going to be super helpful. Yeah. There is a flip side to this conversation because I don't think that uh, bosses are the only ones responsible for ending uh, employee engagement or for improving it. And I think employees have something to do as well. So again, we'll tease another episode that we'll do there because I think, I think there's another side of this conversation that's really important. But for leaders right now, this is what you can do. And so I think the, the homework here, and we'll include this list in the show notes so you can go back and visit again, but just pick one. Pick one of these items and just go, all right, this week, I'm going to try to be an engaging leader and battle boredom in this way. And, uh, and I think you'll see some progress. That's great. I love it. All right. Well, Cynthia, it was great to be with you. Yeah, it was fun. Jeff, Jeff we miss you. Yeah, Jeff, we miss you. Come back. Uh, but man, it was fun to talk. <laughs> Wasn't it? It was. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening to Here's What I'm Seeing. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Also, if you find this resource helpful for you on your leadership journey, then do me a favor. Head over to adamtarno.com. That's A-D-A-M-T-A-R-N-O-W.com. And hit that free ideas button that's there in the top right-hand corner. Once a week, I send out an email filled with tips to help you become a more engaging leader. And the best part is it just shows up in your inbox. It's, it's magical. It's like that newspaper you had growing up. It just, it just appears. It's just there. I guarantee it's going to help you. And if it doesn't, just unsubscribe. You have all the power in this relationship. That's all for this episode. We'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>